You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here. Another reminder that tonight at 6 o'clock in downtown Rochester at O'Connor's Public House, I'll be there for what we call our Smart Politics event. Uh, You can come out and have a beer. Talk about politics. Talk about uh, the issues that we're going to look at on the ballot November 8th. Christy McDonald, friend of mine and host of My Week on Detroit Public Television, will be there with me. We'll be there to answer your questions, uh, sit and, t- and chat with you, and sort of you know, sort through all of the things that we talk about on this show and that you are probably talking about in uh, your social circle. So 6 p.m. tonight, downtown Rochester, O'Connor's Public House. We've all heard it. People speculating that Donald Trump's antics and his temperament can be attributed to some sort of mental illness. And we've heard people speak about this in really clinical terms. He's a narcissist. He's a sociopath. But is this the appropriate way to discuss presidential candidates or anyone who hasn't really been evaluated or diagnosed by a professional that we actually know My next guest is an assistant professor of psychiatry at Yale University. He says this is not the right conversation to be having about Donald Trump. Matthew Goldenberg, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks. Good to be on. Yeah. Uh, And if you want to join the conversation, I really want to hear from you about what you think about the, the, the rhetoric and the talk during this presidential campaign. Lots of people talking about Donald Trump in those clinical terms. Is he crazy? Oh, he must be nuts to say these things. And uh, people constantly discussing his sort of mental state as opposed to the substance of what he's saying. Do you think that's fair? Do you think that's a reflection of how far political rhetoric has maybe gone off the rails uh, in this country? Is it is it just a sign of the, the particular candidate that people are talking about here? Is he so unusual? Is he such an outlier that people are using different terms to describe it? 313-577-1019. What do you think about the idea that Donald Trump is crazy or insane or sub- suffers from some sort of mental illness? Again, 313-577-1019. Uh, Professor Goldenberg, you say this is the wrong conversation to be having, not just about Donald Trump, but about uh, anyone in politics. Tell me why. Sure. So uh, as a psychiatrist, we actually, uh, the American Psychiatric Association actually has a ethical standard that that uh, prohibits us from uh, diagnosing from afar. It's based on a uh, an episode in the 1964 presidential election when uh, a magazine surveyed a number of psychiatrists um, uh, asking them about the mental health of Barry Goldwater, who was the Republican nominee that year. And a number of psychiatrists responded, in fact, offering uh, diagnoses of, um, of uh, Goldwater from afar. So now uh, the APA has what's called the Goldwater Rule, which basically uh, instructs its members uh, not to uh, weigh in uh, on diagnostic opinions about, about people they have not examined. So uh, although... The uh, the origin was was uh, psychiatric. Uh, excuse me, a um, presidential candidate, and now we're talking about a presidential candidate. It actually refers to to really anybody in the public sphere who uh, we haven't examined. <clears throat> and I think that there are a number of reasons why uh, this this rule makes sense. Um, one is that you know although I've certainly uh, 
observed the public behavior of, of Donald Trump, like, like all of your listeners, and uh, quite frankly, personally found it, uh, found a lot of his behavior uh, highly objectionable, offensive, uh, etc. Um, describing it in clinical terms um, uh, is, first of all, uh, I don't know what his his private persona is, so uh, I don't have access to, to some cr- critical information to actually make a, a real diagnosis. Secondly, I think there's a tendency to um, use the ter- use psychological terms and psychological diagnose psychiatric diagnoses pejoratively. So we we see his behavior and we find it find it troublesome, right. and so we use diagnostic labels pejoratively, and I think that that's, that's problematic. And thirdly, uh, and perhaps most importantly, I just don't think it's necessary. We can, um, we can describe Donald Trump in, uh, and understand him to be uh, offensive and unfit for the presidency without having to uh, resort to uh, psychological labels that may or may not be true. Yeah. Uh, one of the things you said there that I think is really important is, is this idea that these clinical terms that describe people who struggle with mental illness become pejoratives. They become insults uh, in popular culture, which, of course, is not just damaging to someone like Donald Trump, who no one really knows whether he suffers from those kinds of uh, those kinds of issues, but also damaging to the people who do suffer from those kind of issues, who do struggle with um, with mental illness. Somehow they become uh, pariahs as much as uh, as much as the, the the political candidate you're trying to launch these insults at. Absolutely. I mean, I think that that's a that's something that's not talked about that that much. But uh, quite frankly, calling um, calling uh, Donald Trump a narcissist, uh, for example, is in many ways um, uh, offensive to, to narcissists because most most people <laughs> who are have you know suffer from narcissism or or have narcissistic traits that they find. Um, uh, that are, are that are troublesome in their their interpersonal relationships. Uh, don't behave uh, uh, like Donald Trump. They don't malign entire ethnic groups. They don't. Um, uh, they aren't uh, saying uh, you know, grossly offensive things uh, and potentially doing grossly offensive things to women. So, um, you know, it's 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 uh, essentially taking an ex- extreme uh, behavior that, quite frankly, most psychiatrists don't see very uh, very often, and applying a diagnostic label that. Um, uh, that uh, may or may not be accurate, but certainly um, maligns all the people with that diagnostic label. Sure, sure. Uh, This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. Uh, My guest is Matthew Goldenberg, Assistant Professor of Psychiatry at Yale University School of Medicine. We are talking about Donald Trump and the very popular descriptions we hear during this campaign of the Republican candidate for president. Donald Trump is crazy. Donald Trump is a narcissist. He must be some sort of sociopath. How many times this cycle have you heard somebody utter those words in popular culture, but of course in the medical field, in the in in the the diagnostic field, those have very specific prescriptive definitions. Uh, is it fair to use that kind of language in the political sphere uh, without ever having uh, applied the the the, the medical um, the medical tenets to to figure out whether 
that's actually true about a political candidate. Uh, 313-577-1019 to join the conversation. What do you think about how we're talking about Donald Trump in this cycle? Is that fair? Is that fair to him? Is it fair to people who struggle with some of the mental illness issues uh, that are invoked by words like narcissist or sociopath? Again, 313-577-1019 is the number. Let's go to Betty in Redford. Betty, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I what what I uh, understood. I thought you were talking about another word, which was stupid. Um, the well, word we've heard stupid, that too, right? <laughs> the word stupid. Um, yeah, I heard that. In and I'm a Latina, and Spanish is my second language. And if you say uh, something that equivalent uh, to an individual, uh, it's almost like a curse. Like a curse word said in English. So, so which word? Uh, tonto or stupid? No, stupid. loco is used loco. casually. Yeah. Uh, you know, for act- activity that's not normal to what the rest of us think. But you know, and and that's thrown off the top of your head. And so, so the, it, you're saying the word for stupid is considered? Yes, and I thought you included that in your list, but obviously I was incorrect. <laughs> that's okay. But <laughs> but there again, that 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 it does raise that question of the kind of discussion we're having about candidates, right? Uh, uh, are we attaching labels and insults to uh, candidates who we have not met? Uh, who have not diagnosed or really had conversations with that that are inappropriate and and stupid, I suppose would would fit into that category. Uh, who knows how bright or unbright Donald Trump really is? But it, are those words just used casually descriptive uh, as opposed to literal? Yeah, well, that's I think that's the question, right? Uh, are people just saying that to be dismissive of Donald Trump? Or are they are they trying to attach a specific uh, a, a specific description? I don't I don't really know. I, I, as I said in the open, I just have heard these words, these descriptions, far more frequently this cycle than uh, than I've heard them than I've heard them before. But I also didn't know I didn't know that stupid was uh, that level of insult in Spanish. The word for that in Spanish is is tonto, correct? Uh, that and as well, more the or estupido. Estupido. See. Yeah. All right, uh, Betty. Thanks very much uh, for your call. Uh, I appreciate uh, I appreciate the information. Let's go to Chuck. Chuck and Franklin. Welcome to Detroit today. Hi. Um, the other um, uh, psychological uh, terminology misuse that uh, came to my attention in this campaign was um, Hillary Clinton's use of. Uh, Phobic and phobias to describe the basket of deplorables as homophobic, Islamophobic, xenophobic. And of course, in a journalistic sense, um, it was a couple of years ago that the AP Style Manual suggested to all of its users to no longer use the term homophobic. Um, but I remember, you know, the week after that came out, Brian Dickerson in a free press column promptly used the term homophobic. So there's another psychological. Um, misuse that's going yeah. on in this campaign, and Chuck. That's a really that's a really interesting point because, of course, phobia in the literal sense means fear. In the popular sense, it means disdain or dislike. And and there again, there's this real disconnect. Uh, I'm curious, uh, Doctor uh, Professor Goldenberg, 
um, what 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 you make of that that kind of terminology, which we hear uh, ascribed to all kinds of people in the political context? Yeah, I, I, it's, it's certainly linguistically not uh, not something I'm an expert at in terms of uh, in terms of the history of those terms. But but you're right that clinically phobia refers to uh, to fears. Uh, so you know uh, people who are described who have have difficulty, for example, uh, with social interactions or are described as having social phobias, then there are specific phobias related to things like heights or airplanes or snakes. Um, uh, and we've sort of, of appropriated of, that term. Exactly. Uh, for... Concepts of homophobia, it's not clear to me, when, or Islamophobia. I suppose some of, the, some of the likely psychological mechanisms for people who disdain uh, Muslims or disdain uh, gays and lesbians uh, likely has to do with uh, with fear, but that's that. Uh, I agree that it that using phobia as as uh, sort of the tag to describe it is um, is probably not entirely accurate. That yeah. said, I think homophobia as a as a word seems to have sort of uh, or the concept has um, has been well established as to what it is. It's a disdain, as you said, or hatred for. Uh, for gays and lesbians. Yeah, yeah. Chuck, thanks very much uh, for the call and the question there. Let's go to Marilyn in Oak Park. Marilyn, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you very much. Uh I'm just wondering if somebody is running for president and they display behavior that suggests that they're mentally ill, why can't a psychiatric exam be done by uh, a psychiatrist? (laughs) That would uh, lay all those fears of the psychiatrists who are saying we're using terms that are not appropriate, get a professional exam done. I also don't know why uh, a drug screen can't be done on these folks, too. I'm an RN. I take care of people. I'm responsible for their safety and well-being, and I am uh, subject to a random drug screen. So what's the problem with getting that? As far as who determines who needs to get an exam, the Republicans should say, okay, we're going to get a psychiatric exam. If they're not worried about it, they'll get it. If they are worried about it, they'll fight it. Yeah, yeah, Marilyn, I I wonder if what you're talking about, though, takes us further down that road of... Uh, of assigning disdain to the idea of, for instance, people who struggle with mental illness. Uh, well, I think the drug thing is a, is a separate question, obviously. Um, if he is if he is mentally ill, then take him off the campaign and get him some help. Well, take him off the campaign. That would have to be sort of his choice, right, or a voter's choice. He, he, wouldn't be, he wouldn't be fit. He wouldn't yeah. be fit to run for the presidency, yeah. which is what you're talking about. Yeah, fitness, fit right? Fit. Yeah. So get a professional to determine it. Yeah. Uh, Marilyn, I, I, really appreciate, uh, I really appreciate that call. Uh, Professor Goldenberg, this question of fitness, I think, is a separate – it's a separate question from – the uh, from the, the the question or the dialogue about rhetoric, right? Uh, the the idea of whether Donald Trump is actually fit for the presidency goes beyond the question of whether he may may struggle with mental illness or not, and maybe is not even relevant to that question. Right. I think. Well, I, I think what's uh, we're sort of assigning, although uh, at the risk of of um, uh, minimizing the importance of my uh, my specialty. I think we're uh, perhaps sort of over uh, overemphasizing the importance of of uh, or our, our uh, of our abilities um, and uh, um, and not giving enough credit to 
the general population. You don't need to be a psychiatrist to appreciate that Donald Trump's public behavior is is um, offensive and right. is um, and you don't need to be a psychiatrist to understand that he uh, seems to have uh, a, a penchant for insulting uh, all sorts of groups of people um, for um, responding uh, to uh, to insults by insulting back. You don't need to be a psychiatrist to appreciate all of that behavior. And, uh, you know, in terms of uh, uh, your caller's question about a psychiatric exam, you know, who seeks, uh, who seeks psychiatric treatment? It's people who want, uh, want to change. Who want help. And there's yeah. no evidence in, in, uh, that I can see that Donald Trump um, has any interest in, in, changing his, uh, in changing his behavior or gaining more insight into his behavior. And you've said that a couple times now, that, that you don't need to be a doctor to see that the things he's saying are offensive or that, uh, that he's insulting people. But, but, but there is a separate question that I think is raised by some of the behavior that we've seen, some of the back and forth, some of the saying one thing one day and then saying uh, the opposite the next day, uh, that, that I think people ascribe to some sort of mental illness, almost literally. They think, well, only a person who suffers from X could, could behave that way. Uh, uh, and I think that's the question or, or one of the questions that we're struggling with here is, are those appropriate kinds of judgments to make or are they are they out of bounds? Yeah, and I think for the reasons that I, I said earlier, I think uh, it, it, it makes it uh, difficult. I certainly understand um, uh, why uh, people are um, uh, intrigued and, and, and make those uh, and, and question that because it's certainly very unusual behavior. I just think, uh, for the reasons I've I've stated, that we need to uh, to be careful about uh, about ascribing uh, the behavior to a, a specific mental illness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to Mike in Macomb County. Welcome to Detroit today. Hi there, nice hey. to be on. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. All right. Um, well, first of all, I want to say that I do work in a mental health facility. And uh, from what I've seen and from what I've seen on the campaign trail, I view this as not so much a uh, format of uh, mental illness, but rather more of an act. Like if you, if you take a look at what America has been kind of exposed to for the past couple of decades, we're more and more realizing that irrationality and uh, entertainment are what drives not only politics, but basically culture in general. So you take a look at our current candidates, and it's whoever can be the loudest, whoever can be the most uh, extreme, whoever can be the most, uh, dare I say, sounding insane. But that's what gets viewership. It's what gets um, your name out there. And you take a look at someone like Governor Johnson, who gets treated as an idiot for only being able to uh, answer certain questions. But then we let that pass when it comes to both Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, because they're the ones that draw in the viewerships. No yeah. one wants a candidate with a rational position anymore. <laughs> they only want to see the candidates fight each other. That's, that's kind a, of what I saw in the debate the other night. That's a really interesting point, Mike. And if, if you think about it, it's one of the things that I think has really changed uh, this particular campaign or really affected this particular campaign, the, 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 the showmanship aspect of 
Donald Trump, uh, who, of course, is a reality TV star uh, and, and somebody who's really aware of his brand, how much of what he's doing and saying is about increasing visibility of that brand, increasing appealability of that brand to, to certain people, and, and not, uh, not in the realm of true reflection of, of you know, some sort of struggle with reality or, or, or mental stability. I'm not sure. I guess I'm not sure which side of that coin I would, uh, I would say is, is, is in play for sure here. Uh, but I think that's, an, uh, that's a really interesting sort of dichotomy to raise, uh, whether some of this is, uh, in essence, malingering uh, over um, the idea of, of maybe being un, unstable or, or unreliable. Mike, thanks very much for calling. Uh, let's go to Charlie in Royal Oak. Charlie, welcome to Detroit today. Hi. Hey. How you doing? Good. Okay, I wanted to ask the professor... I realize there's no way you can make a diagnosis without, uh, you know, getting to know a patient. But uh, at the very least, um, are there some hallmarks in his behavior that, you know, might be indicators of, uh, you know, some sort of illness or personality disorder? Yeah, good question, Charlie. Uh, Professor Goldenberg, uh, (laughs) is there anything you see here that would give give you pause? Uh, there's a lot that I see in the behavior that gives me pause, but as I stated uh, earlier, <laughs> but not you know, as a I, clinician, right? <laughs> exactly. As a as a as a clinician, I'm not uh, I'm not uh, I'm not going to weigh in on that. As a as a citizen, uh, I would say absolutely. Um, you know, uh, uh, maligning maligning uh, various ethnic groups, maligning the disabled, maligning POWs, maligning uh, women. Um, all of those uh, of those things give me uh, give me a lot of pause. Um, but as I mentioned before, the ethical standard uh, suggests that we should not diagnose from afar. And I think the the, the caller just before this um, this one uh, had made that uh, had made the point that um, you know how much of this is is an act versus a uh, someone's true self. And I think that's an uh, another excellent reason why uh, the American Psychiatric Association uh, warns us against. Um, uh, diagnosing from afar and diagnosing public figures is because there may be all sorts of reasons um, a person uh, may be behaving uh, in a certain way in public uh, that doesn't give us uh, access to that person's true self. So that's yet another reason why we shouldn't, no, why, why we should sort of hold back from um, uh, from making clinical diagnoses. What, what what do you make of the, the 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 previous caller's point about this idea of showmanship and and doing things purposely that are maybe strange or odd to get attention, which which is not necessarily in the realm of of, of mental illness, but I think is something that's happening more and more, as the caller pointed out in in politics, and is changing perhaps the way that some people take in what candidates say or do yeah i think i cer- certainly uh you know that i think culturally the we uh we have a pretty high tolerance for uh uh, uh for uh colloquial crazy things these days um and so uh and there's a lot of things to detract distract our attention so uh to the extent that somebody can uh sort of can uh, raise their level of of um uh, behavior to the point that it gets noticed is certainly, uh, you know, if that's if that's the goal, uh, um, then absolutely, 
that happens. I, you know, I can't say for sure that that's what's going on. You know, right. that it's that it's only a, an attempt to uh, to get attention, but that's certainly a possibility. Okay. Matthew Goldenberg, Assistant Professor of Psychiatry at the Yale University School of Medicine. Thanks very much for being with us on Detroit Today. Yeah, I really appreciate the time. Absolutely. Uh, Okay, up next, we are going to have a really interesting and special conversation with the outgoing artistic director of the Michigan Opera Theater. David DiChiara is here next. Stay with us on Detroit Today. (laughs) 